I'm thinking something like. I'm very proud of how more comfortable I am now than when we first started. When I think back to that, I was so like uptight. Yeah. I feel very like, I I don't even think twice about it now and just. That's so true. You did. Yeah. There was a lot of questions <laughs> before. Me like asking like, what do we need to be doing? Uh, yeah. Just like nervous questions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now You've I'm... come a long way. <laughs> How'd you get there? Just, I think exposure, <laughs> exposure therapy, just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I don't know. I probably, I mean, we've been doing this for a while and I feel like your personal, like the more things I deal with personally. I'm just like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I don't think anybody else cares either. Right. right? (laughs) Yeah. I remember we (laughs) had this conversation in the old space where I was going through like, and I'm still something I'm struggling with, but just like image, my therapist is like, well, have you been on camera more lately? And I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now like today I had Whoville hair and I was like, (laughs) I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to throw earrings to match that. (laughs) I'm not going to change it. (laughs) I love it. Because <laughs> this is our space, so mm-hmm. we should just be us, you know? Yeah. No, it, it, it's a way more comfortable now. I'm and so I glad. I don't care. Like, you know, for a minute I was like, don't, if you post a reel, don't mm. include me in it. Right. Because I was like, I need to work through this. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah, it doesn't bother me at all now. That didn't take long, by the way. It was like a week later. You're like, I'm good. It's like my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, no. So I want to, before we get into our wonderful freaking guest who I'm, mm-hmm. I love so much, mm-hmm. um, I just want to see how you're doing. I kind of want to hear a little bit about um, that thing that you went to where there were drugs. Oh, it's so funny how you were there. <laughs> the Psychedelic Science Conference. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was amazing. Um, it really opened up... Um, or it strengthened passions that were already there for me. I did a um, palliative care and end of life training. Oh, um, Like using psychedelics for that. Um, and it really, they talked about dying well. And the whole time I was thinking, why are we not doing this sooner so we can live well? What like, do you mean by that? Well, it's the the goal when you're working with someone that's end of life um, or, or palliative. It's The goals of therapy is very different. It's really about them understanding themselves in this world and what does it mean to die. Mm. And think about how, I was like, why are we not doing this way earlier on and figuring out? Because think about if you've dealt with, you understand of dying and death and you weren't afraid of that, how you could live differently. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like understand and be at rest in your soul about that. It, it's just, I'm like, man, we could all just live. It'd be a better world. I think. And so it really, I mean, these things already like very much interest me and it's been a part of my work, but like spirituality, existential thinking, um, just the whole, who are we? Why are we here? What's the meaning of all this human thing we're doing? Yeah. Um, and then death and dying, my dad dying really forced that one to come up and for me to look at it and see what I thought about it. And so being at the conference, it was beautiful to see, we had 
the think burning man group of people mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's therapists and practitioners and then doctors and then we've got researchers and then we've got wow. business developers and so it's like <laughs> 11,000 people but this plethora of it's great people watching <laughs> yeah but to hear and see like the things there's a lot of research being presented and like showing us where we are in that research and what they've found around things um there's I have a picture of it, and I think that really resonated with me. Um, it, it was a picture where it was um, a research center. It was the first group psychedelic, like, medical setting for psilocybin for people with cancer. Oh, wow. And it showed, like, a room, and they just are talking about all these different – it just really made me light up with ideas. Mm. Um, I'm even more convinced that group work is – like, I love it. That's my favorite. But that is um, a huge thing that I know will be something I, I do and, like, bring it more into the work that I do is that it, besides making it more accessible um, to people as far as, like, pricing and things like that, but it just provides just a different level of healing. Um, I want to be in on in that a group. group. Yeah. So that is something um, – I'm just, it took like being around that many people for, I was there for eight days. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot out of you. It's exciting energy, but it's, you don't really get that downtime. And so I've been back for a few weeks now and really just getting settled and rooted back in here of like, what do we want? So it feels exciting now. Mm, I love that. And thinking about that many people, um, in that arena, like connecting like you just know there's going to be a bunch of neat really awesome things that come from those kinds of minds yeah and it's cool that eleven thousand people were on board with psychedelic medicine that's yeah pretty dope yeah exactly and to see and be learning from people that we read our the books <laughs> you know yeah. we're reading their books and then they're standing in front of you and uh people in the psychology field um that that you learn about in school, they're there in front of you teaching you. Um, and it, it was just really, it felt like I was witnessing history. I was like, I'm a part of this thing happening that feels really cool. So I'll be interested to see the next conference they have, how far we've come. Dope. So, yeah. I love that. Thanks for asking. Of about course. That. <laughs> I've been like, I'm, and I want to know more every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. wanted to ask because I, I thought that was really dope. No, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, so our guest today, yes. the wonderful Ritu Tertani. <laughs> she is an amazing yes. person. <laughs> I can gush. She's one of my dear friends, but tell me your thoughts. On- no, the... She was nervous when she got here. Mm-hmm. As they always are. Yes. <laughs> They're always like, like, can I bail? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're going to make me cry. Um, and, <laughs> and so I was, I was wondering, like, how it would feel for her to be talking about her, if she would be able to talk about some of the things maybe she wanted to. Um, but uh, opened right up and mm-hmm. shared and the, the, the fight in her to just live her life and there's like I, as she told her story and it unfolded I was like that fighter in there just got layers pulled away with everything she was talking about to where it just more of her got to come forward and it's like there's just times where I try to suggest to clients doing some of the things she was doing on her own and to say she's never been to therapy mm. I'm like you have like I was impressed 
I was impressed with. What do you think that is in someone? I'm just like, like the end of a rope or like no other, like you have two options. You can either lay down and die or choose the brave path. Like, what do you, cause we've talked to like mm-hmm. Kevin James and like a lot of people who have mm-hmm. really just like made that decision who haven't been to therapy. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I think it's different for everybody, but I think, you know, there's a level to where we get to a point we can't stand it. I think that threshold is different for everybody. Yeah. Right. Um, but I also think there's just, I'll call it our knowing self. Um, when we get connected to that, watch out. It sounds like that's what she was able to do. And regardless of the situations that created that for her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got to see her on stage before I met her today, and she's a little firecracker, and that's what oh. we got to see a little bit of that and how, like, that's a something in there you don't. It's not a skill that you hone. It's something you have, uh, and then it just grows from there. So I think she just has that spirit that got her going. Yeah. A thousand percent. It's like, you can't keep me down. <laughs> oh, it's so real. Yeah. It she's was one of my favorite inspiring. people to go to, like, with anything, because mm. the way that she's just like, it's okay. I'm like, it's okay. It's kind of like, <laughs> like my mom could do the same thing for me where she's like, it's cool. And I'm like, it is cool. Free too has that same spirit of like, yeah. why are you worried? I'm yeah. Like, oh shit. You're right. <laughs> um, so you're going to love her. Mm-hmm. Please follow her. Also, we talk about something that I wanted to bring up. Uh, we talk about float. Ritu has mm-hmm. done it. Melanie has done it. I've done it. Everyone's like doing We're it. We're all doing it. Everyone's <laughs> doing it. Have you done it? Have you? <laughs> Go do it. Go do it. <laughs> it's so good, bro. Every time someone brings it up, I'm like, I want to get back in there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll even point out when she shared her story, it was not, she was scared to do it. It was not pleasant when she first did it. But it. she talked about how it brought up, like, emotional things for her. But, and she still goes and does it till this day. Right. Right. So there's something So it wasn't there. bad enough that she wouldn't do it again. It was helpful enough. Yes. She wanted to try it again. Yes. Yeah. And you'll love it too. We promise. Go to Float Nashville. Uh, we have two codes. Um, eventually, we'll just get a podcast code and join. But my code <laughs> is Amber A M B E R ten one zero. And do you know your code? It's T T N ten, like Trauma Therapy Nashville. So T T N, the number ten one zero. Beautiful. Go try Float and enjoy this episode. You're gonna love it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. What is this the name you, of the podcast again? Dog vagina. <laughs> I'm fine. It's fine. It's only dog vagina. <laughs> That's funny. Riju, thanks for doing this. Yeah. Of course. I really appreciate it. It's funny that you said yes. I really didn't expect you to say yes, honestly. Oh, wow. <laughs> I could, could have said no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, it's too late now. <laughs> It's funny because Ritu, uh, I just thought of the joke that you have about why do Americans love suggesting therapy to each other? I know. Oh, I want to hear it. <laughs> do you like where'd that come from? That joke. People love suggesting therapy. <laughs> yes, I've been suggested therapy. I don't know how many times. I'm like, sir, I was just, I was just asking how are you. <laughs> I did not ask you a lot of opinions. <laughs> Sorry. Random people ask you. Or tell you you should go to therapy? That was an exaggeration, but I have been told. By who? Just just sharing with somebody. Uh, It's it's always Americans. (laughs) I don't think Indian people even know therapy. (laughs) (laughs) If it costs, count us out. (laughs) 
I feel like it's, you know, Southerns or be, Southerners are like, we'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. It's like a someone doesn't know what to do, so they're like, suggest therapy. I'm wondering if it's that. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's never in a bad way, no. but it's just, yeah. it's just something that I noticed and I rolled it. Mm-hmm. Rolled that line. Yeah. Kind of used it. Well, it hits because mm-hmm. it's hilarious and it's <laughs> so true. Have you ever been to therapy? Never. <laughs> I want to, though. I'll try it. Really? Yes. <laughs> what After, I- yeah. After the, what? I told you about the float mm-hmm. thing I did and I mm-hmm. cried so much. Yeah, tell us when about I was... that. So I don't even know how to explain float. So you've done it. Why don't you explain it? Yeah, we've mm-hmm. both done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, it's a sensory deprivation tank. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it on here before, but it's like. Yeah. I mean, it can help regulate your nervous system, but it can also, it's kind of, um, it, I mean, it's ideal, I think, as far as sensory somatic experience to where you can, you're kind of left with just what's in here. Yeah. When you don't have any reference for the external. And so it, I think it creates space. You probably could speak to it more too, but like how it. It can allow for that. I'll suggest it for people to, if they want to practice for a psychedelic experience, yeah. to go float. <laughs> or if they uh, want to integrate and kind of go back into it, they can do yeah. that. I mean, I, I just <laughs> read about it and I couldn't believe that I said yes to something like that. Because <laughs> I just, You're like, wait, I could have said no. I could have tried. <laughs> well, it was a comedy show, so I didn't have much choice. And I love this booker and, and she has a lot of shows, so that's that. Uh, <laughs> But no, I read about it and uh, I showed up to that place and I thought of not doing it because it was a tank and it was Mm -hmm. dark and I was going to be alone. And I've been at that place before. It just scared me. Mm -hmm. But then going inside and I I just was on the side, Mm -hmm. uh, just like this Mm -hmm. for a few times in that hour and a half. And the, at the end is when I was relaxed, mm-hmm. like maybe 10 or 15 minutes. But, but uh, the rest of it was like, I don't know, somebody's going to come. I don't know. It was too dark. It was dark. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but g- g- coming out of it, just, it, I just felt like, oh, I did it. Mm-hmm. It, it was just a fear in my mind. It yeah. Was, you know, so, mm-hmm. so it, it was great. And I do it. Not regularly, but I've done it. Last time kind of scared me because I cried a lot, a lot <laughs> in my car. And I'm like, am I American now? Mental breakdown in a car. <laughs> that was rude. I never coming back to this podcast again, I guess. <laughs> and you, you don't cry a lot, right? I don't. I struggle with that emotion a lot. Uh, so, so what did it feel like to have that kind of... Almost seems like there wasn't much control of it. Just kind of was coming out. Yeah, I had I have no clue why I was crying so much. I mean, mm-hmm. It could be that I was tired. I was doing I had a lot of shows in that two week time, and I mm-hmm. I work a lot too. So it could be that I, my body was tired. Yeah. I wonder so, if it was you finally slowed down. That what you know we stay busy and it helps us not sit with the internal stuff. And yes. then you put yourself in a place that is only for the internal stuff to come up. Yeah. Yeah. And the first time I did it, I was, my thoughts were just like basic thoughts. What I ate today or like (laughs) what my friend said at brunch or like, so like just those thoughts were just passing by and this, I was just, but the second time I did it, I went 
I remembered something about my childhood. Oh, mm. wow. So it was just like, so I was like, well, I don't know. I'm not, I don't remember. I have always have notes on stage. I don't remember anything. Wow. So when people talk about childhood memories on stage, comedians, mm-hmm. I'm like, how do you even remember? Mm-hmm. I just remember where I was born. I don't remember anything mm-hmm. else. Well, that place kind of made me remember. What did that uh, feel like, that coming up? Uh, it was weird. Uh, but uh, but it felt good to just give that thought a thought. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. To let it take up some space. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you just run with life and you forget that something happened and mm-hmm. you, you just we, we don't talk about things in india i mean i don't i don't want to generalize it i don't talk mm-hmm. we're not allowed like not allowed it's not a good word we just i was just never taught to 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 say it out loud we just talk about superficial things mm-hmm. a lot so do you feel like that's cultural Cultural, I think. Or was it more family? I think family, I would say. Because I I did something. I did a podcast last time and I said something about about not being independent or something. And some Indian person said that it's about you. It's not about Mm -hmm. India. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I mean, well, things are different. I haven't been home for so long that I don't Mm -hmm. things might have changed. Mm -hmm. And I'm not should not generalize. So. Yeah, it's it's my family that they never taught me to talk about emotions. It's not a very common thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that you're like, I, okay, well, first I want to say that I, one thing that I love about you so much and that I admire about you is that, oh man, I'm, I'm going to cry. Go for it. <laughs> Somebody I'll, has to. I'll cry for you. Okay, right? I was so scared yeah. coming to this podcast. I'm like, these people make everybody cry. <laughs> I am so nervous. We join in, though. <laughs> we do. Amber cries almost every time, too. Definitely. Yeah. Go That's for why it. I keep showing up. <laughs> um, it's all welcome. It is. Yeah. yeah. I think you, unlike anyone I've really ever met in my life, are just so, you have such a great ability to take on things that are scary, like things I know from uh, like your past and then just like you talking about float where you're like, Oh, I read about it in an article and I showed up and I, like you mentioned that you saw the tank and that you were going to be alone and it, you've been there before, mm-hmm. but you just went for it anyway. And you, you do those th- kind of things all throughout your life. Yes. And then on top of that hard things, you're able to just, I don't know how you're processing it, but you're just able to let things roll off your back so easily. And it's so impressive. Like, are they really rolling off? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I used to be aware. Like, thank you, though. Yeah. I uh, used to be a person who likes to plan a lot. Mm-hmm. And then my marriage ended and things have gone up since. So I just feel like I should just let life just happen. Just, just yeah, go with the flow. Because mm-hmm. I can't really control anything. Yeah. So... I don't know. I just, yeah. If if something happens with a friend, it would hurt me. But this person is not bad and time will heal things. Yeah. And I will get go back and talk in some time and things will be fine. Th- that's how I think, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, 
somebody asked me the other day that I, if I hate my ex-husband, which is, I don't hate mm-hmm. anybody. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a different life. I came to a country for his dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I was left alone. And, um, but it taught me so much. I, I wouldn't have been who I am yeah. if I was back in India. Yeah. You're surrounded by so many people. You're not alone. Sometimes you want to cry alone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't want to cry with mm-hmm. so many people. But in yeah. India, if you're crying, you're crying with people. You're laughing, you're eating, you're sleeping, you're <laughs> everything. You have people around you. You're one billion people. There's no yeah. way you're alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So this country is, is lonely. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a very hard first year of my life. I think this, the, yeah, the hardest year of my life was the first year in the U.S. Yeah. There's every day I wanted to go back. Yeah. How long have you been here? Eight years. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the marriage started going down and, but just getting out of it and, and surviving. Mm-hmm. And, and the first time, I, I think things changed for me. The first time was when I lived alone the first day i've never lived alone never oh, slept wow. alone wow yeah i didn't have my own bedroom in <laughs> india it's always like it's not because we're poor we're rich but <laughs> we just don't <laughs> like we're always with somebody in a bedroom yeah. like the, i'm from a very small town in india so it's kind of so and then i got married and i was with my husband all the time so i didn't know who how to be so the first day the first night i slept alone and I woke up and I was like, oh, my God, I am not dead. Oh, there you go. This was just a fear in my mind. And then yeah. and then since then, I'll just take things. I just take things for as they come. Mm-hmm. I know it's not the end of the world. So yeah. that float tank, I was like, I might be bad at it. I might be good at it. But I got to try it to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Those sim- those experiences seem similar. The first night being by yourself and then being in. Yeah. The- you're like, That's this right. is scary. But you said whenever you got out of the float tank, you're like, I didn't die. I made yes. it. And it yes. felt that way the next morning. Yeah, yeah. So that's what my past. Yeah. When I was looking at the tank, I was like, this is kind of so dark. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> but Yeah. But yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Can you like you mentioned it briefly? But can you tell a little, a little bit about your story of like, you know, how you moved here, and then like what that process of like the marriage ending and you being on your own was like? Because you lived in Seattle for a while, right? Yes. And- um, I I moved here for his job, and uh, and I couldn't get a job then. So I started working at a gas station <laughs> for a year and uh, I mopped and swept floors and to clean the parking lot. It was not something I was, uh, I have seen before. In India, I had a job and my parents had a business. So the first year in the U.S. was working at a gas station <laughs> and just doing all these jobs, all this kind of job was like, I was like, I don't you know, but that taught me so much that I respect people who do those jobs now. Mm-hmm. So everything teaches you. And then my marriage just was not going well. And I tried to tell my parents and they just were like, well, you, you've made it to six years. It's just a few more years now. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> and <to what? laughs> I'm like, well, it's not a few more years. It's just, so, and, uh. 
it was a weird reason too. So I just didn't know how to explain to my parents about things. So it was just a weird. I don't know. I don't talk about the reason, but it was just something that I couldn't talk or mm-hmm. so. So I just decided to tell him and December 31st, I told him I'm going to leave and I found a place on Craigslist. Wow. <laughs> An apartment? With three dudes. <laughs> what? Wow. You were was, done. Yeah. You were ready to get out yeah. of there. I just talked to them for a bit and all three dudes they just seemed so like chill and mm. I just felt like this. There was no harm and I was also in a, yeah, I don't know. I didn't care. Yeah, safety was the last thing on earth I was thinking about, really. I just wanted to get out of the house. So January 1st, I was in a new place. Oh, wow. It felt. You mean business. Isn't that impressive? Yeah. I take New Year's very seriously. (laughs) (laughs) New Year, new me. (laughs) That quote was made for me. That so. what was your like? Do you remember what you were thinking? Because I feel, I'm just so interested in like the day that someone decides to like change their whole life. It's got to be, I don't know. There's got to be a lot going on up there. Yeah, yeah. It was not a decision like that, but Something it was a decision up. a year or two that I was talking to him about changing things. Let's do marriage counseling. Let's. I really wanted to make it work. Um, I loved him a lot. Mm-hmm. I moved here for him. Mm-hmm. I've never moved from a small town in India to another town. Right. So I'm moving countries for somebody <laughs> meant I really, yeah, I wanted this everything about this person, and mm-hmm. it's just uh, it didn't. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. I went through weird phase. I, I don't know. I just uh, I was very depressed and. Yeah. So low, and I was just when you talk to me, you'll be like, Why does this person never smile? Mm. I just would never smile. My brain was always thinking about how he does not love me, yeah. Or like he's he said he doesn't love me, so it just was those words just makes just it was not leaving my brain, yeah. I tried everything, uh, talking to him to make it work, and and then a year before I t- took that decision, he left the house and without telling me. Uh, mm-hmm. And it just, it, that broke the trust. Yeah. Th- that was the thing that just, I stopped trying then. When yeah. he left me in, mm-hmm. in a house where, in a country where I didn't know anybody and he just left, he said he wanted to figure out things. Yeah. He came back and he came back with a, with like, I love you, I want to make it work. Mm-hmm. But then I was gone. I, the, the trust is very yeah. important. It's love yeah. is, is important, but mm-hmm. trust, I just felt like he will leave me again. Or mm-hmm. just something happened yeah. to me, and I was very sure I don't want this. Yeah. So I started learning to drive. I started wow. figuring out things. I, I didn't do anything by myself, so I started learning everything. Um. And then my mind was December 31st. There's no way I'm going to be in this house. And he knows me so well that he was sure that I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm. So he was as shocked as I was with that decision. Mm -hmm. When I left with my back, I was very, I was like, this is not even me. 
who wow. is this person and then and these three men who don't craigslist were so nice to me <laughs> <laughs> So now I would leave the dishes. The next day he'll be like, "We got it," oh. and we know you're going through something. I was oh. like, "I'll do the like leave the laundry. You'll put it in the dryer." I'm like, "Okay, now don't f- hold my underwear. Okay, that's <laughs> going somewhere else." <laughs> <laughs> but but I, fe- I I met good people, and I just after eight or nine months, I was able to find my own place, and then yeah. I was yeah, I was had a good start. It's all mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah, I know you you talked about some of the things you like inherited from family around not talking and around emotions and things like yeah. that. But you you like inherited a bunch of other stuff. I don't know whether it's ancestors or just you have a, a lot in you, like power in you. Yeah. I I, like, I do feel I'm very strong. Yeah. Like uh, I can imagine like when you were describing some of those scenarios, but like making that decision to like up and leave. Like to go work at a gas station when you weren't used to doing that, learning how to drive, and yeah, it was just yeah. But 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 the thing is about life is just when you learn a little thing, something, anything small, and and you are able to do it, you get courage. You just keep doing it, and then you would so you do something big, and then you're like, oh shit, there's more, you know. There's more I will to tell you. you that's not everyone's story and experience to do that. So okay. give yourself give yourself enough credit for that. Yes, that, I, I do. Those I, hard I, things to do, but you you valued yourself mm-hmm. you, by making some of those really hard. Like I can tell just the way you were talking, like you really cared about him. Yes, and to that's hardest decision if to love somebody but no you have to leave because you have to at that point you had to say I love me more yes a lot of people can't do that yeah I don't think I loved myself before divorce yeah mm. yeah there's no there was never a time I was like oh I I loved the way I look or I loved the way I am anything about me was not impressive for myself but after that, things have been changing. I have changed. And I like my, I love myself a lot. Yeah. And I, the, the weird thing about this whole thing is I love this person so much, but it's crazy. I was just thinking about it last month that he never crosses my mind. Yeah. Isn't that a beautiful never. thing? That's, <laughs> That's crazy so though. Yeah. That's life, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, you love somebody so much and then you're just over it. <laughs> you're just like, who are you again? What was your name? <laughs> you know? It's just like, what happened? But that's interesting. But mm-hmm. I guess you time heals everything and I mm-hmm. do believe in that code a lot. But yeah, that's it. When you when you decided to do that, <laughs> can you quit asking me questions? Quit asking, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you guys should write a book on follow up questions. <laughs> I surely don't. You can never be a therapist. I'm like, are we, are we up yet? So, Forty minutes. It's been four minutes. Come on. <laughs> when you made that decision that day to like leave, um, when you told your parents, what was that like? I did not have them. <laughs> I was not going to leave. Like, they think we're still married. Told, exactly. <laughs> I did not tell them. I because they would have. My mom can just just tell me everything about the culture and just be like, "We don't do it. 
<laughs> we don't. What is divorce? Who told you? Just because you're in America, you'll just do whatever they're doing. <laughs> you want to do this? You want to wear this? You want to do? You know, she's always just next. She, this is never gonna happen. So I, I actually, I was selfish in that those terms because I wanted to go out and see if I can even live without him. Because I've never yeah. lived alone. I, I, did, I thought I will fail, and I, it's not gonna work. So for six months, I lived alone. And I lived by myself without him. And there were a lot of times that I came back in the middle of the night and knocked his door. Oh, and wow. I was like, I don't, I don't want to end this. And mm. I cried. And I sat with him on the couch and I left again. Mm. So I've done that yeah. for the first six months. Mm-hmm. And then I signed divorce papers and, and I told my parents. And then they flew here. Wow. <laughs> the next flight. <laughs> <laughs> and they made us sit and they were like and we were like well the papers are signed so i don't think this conversation is even needed but but yeah it was um my, my mom still doesn't understand this at mm. all mm. she still calls me and she's like so was he really bisexual <laughs> was it really <laughs> and i was like it's been I seven years, I think. Six, I don't remember. <laughs> it's, just, it's been so long. She still doesn't accept it. So, mm. yeah, it's weird that your mom, I'm very close to her, but but I understand because she's from such a small town and that's how I was. Mm-hmm. So I get it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I'm curious with the, you kind of, a lot, I feel like a lot of clients will ask me, like, what does change look like? How do you, it was the question that came up on one of the recent podcasts of, like, how do you kind of grow and get, I think the question was, how do you start to take up space? Mm-hmm. Learn that you can take up space was kind of what came up in our last one. And so as you were kind of talking, you're, you're describing very different people when you're talking about before you got divorced. Yes. and where everything decision you were making was about the other person and for the other person and feeling like you weren't receiving anything or very little in return and then making that decision of I have to care for myself. And I think that's a beautiful statement of like, I didn't love myself until I got divorced. Yes. I think that I'm divorced as well. And I, that resonates so much with me. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And cause you, you kind of, I remember having that like, my, I can make my life whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I'm blank slate right now. Like, what do I want to do? I'm like, I don't have to have kids if I don't want to. I don't have to get married again if I don't right. want to. And that was a, an exciting feeling. But where you are, even though at that realization to then growing into that. Yeah. Would you share a little bit around what that, that coming into your own looked like for you? Like what were the things that contributed and helped that to keep going or who was there anybody influential in helping you remember that about yourself and encouraging you to take up more space? Uh, it's, I don't know how this is going to sound, but in India, w- women are not taught to be uh, taught to take their own decisions. Somebody else is mm-hmm. taking their own decision, yeah. their decisions. So I just, I just have always been somebody who would, if you tell me what to do, I'll do it. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what changed and how it changed. Um, Yeah, I'll tell you this. I was uh, always taught that men and women are different. So men are here and women are here. It's a male dominating country. So it's just how it is. Mm -hmm. It's, It's not bad or good. It's just 
it takes time to change. Mm-hmm. Now I think things are changing. But that's what I was taught. So when I got divorced and I started dating other people, mm-hmm. And then I saw this guy doing dishes and I was like, men can do dishes? (laughs) 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 Or what? (laughs) This is such a big turn on. (laughs) You know, so just just having those, (laughs) you know, these, we are equal. Like, I don't have to do this. Like, you can do this too. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. things like that made me realize that I could take my own decisions and, and, uh, date the people I want. I don't know if I answered that question right, but. I don't know. No, no, that was a good answer. Yeah. Um, There's no right answer. But just, yeah. I mean, I know there's no wrong, but I don't think (laughs) I've been somewhere else. But uh, I did realize we're equal. So that Mm -hmm. took time to realize that we both are equal. How how did you experience relationships differently? Experience relationships. I imagine you were, grew, grew up seeing like it's all about like man mm-hmm. and getting the say and those decisions, then you get divorced and your first experience for seeing these men kind of feel more like in equal roles. Yeah. And so how did that, when you started dating again, how did you, did you experience more of that? Cause we're going to, you know, even here in America, we've had, <laughs> where that happens a lot. Yeah. You know, it depends on like the family you're raised in and the mindset of right. what, how you learned about relationships. So you, you like saw the switch, but then I imagine you were, that was put back in front of you again at some point in relationships with other people or maybe in dating. I, I was date. I was, when I was dating, I was not thinking so much about, I was just noticing these little things. I was mostly dating because I haven't had sex forever so I was just really (laughs) doing whatever Uh, I was not looking for a relationship and that's when I was getting relationships I'm like of course (laughs) when I want okay Uh, (laughs) uh, yeah I I don't know I was just when I got divorced I was just I I didn't live alone so Mm -hmm. it was a journey Mm -hmm. and I was switching from one date like one relationship to another because I wanted to be with somebody because I've not been with nobody in such a long time that Mm -hmm. I was not trying to be alone it was a lot living alone was enough Mm -hmm. so I was just like okay let me be with somebody so for for a little bit I think I did that and I just was not focusing on anything but these things I noticed about culture that were that was in, that were interesting that like yeah just being equal was just the only thing that I could think of uh, but yeah during COVID is when I stopped I had to stop dating <laughs> so I was with myself and I just was yeah that's when things changed for me and I was looking not looking for a relationship anymore like I was looking for just having a bond with the person and yeah just seeing if we both can build a life together mm-hmm. like it could be anything mm-hmm. and it took time but uh yeah you've come such like a long way since living in india and then moving over with a husband being on your own oh oh <laughs> um you've come such a long way since then and i know we've talked about this but like how 
um, like being away from your family, can you talk a little bit about that of like, you're so independent now and you have like this wonderful life, like successful comedy career. You're like, you know, on a great trajectory, but you also have like home back home. How do you deal with that on a day to day? How does, what does that feel like? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I feel lonely. I like, I, I miss them a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, like Christmas is not, I'm not even Christian. I have never celebrated Christmas. <laughs> I don't even know why you celebrate it. But <laughs> I just, you're just sad and you buy yeah. presents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. <laughs> but but cause just because the country is like kind of shut, and I'm like, well, I'm not in, invited to anything. Why not? <laughs> like, why is my family doing? Or like, we have a similar thing. Diwali is when like everybody's together and I'm on FaceTime with them and I, I'm just here by myself on this yeah. So it, it is I miss them a lot. But but yeah, going back is not I can't do I can't think of it fitting in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But yeah, when my boyfriend uh the invites me to his fest his things, it just makes me very happy not mm-hmm. to meet his family or take that next step. It's it's mostly because he has a big family. It just makes yeah. me feel like I'm I'm back home. Mm, I'm just yeah. filling in that thing. I, I put loud Bollywood music in my car just to <laughs> feel like I'm back home. <laughs> there is no Bollywood night that I've missed in Nashville because <laughs> I just mm. I want to be in the middle of it with my people. It's just it's just you know I miss home a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, as an immigrant, I don't think it's that easy to go back uh, mm-hmm. so frequently. So it's it's just it's just what you have to give up, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, because there's a lot, and you don't have to talk about this, obviously. But I've just uh, we've talked about it in private, and I just think it's so like convoluted and interesting, like just so like the paperwork of like you. If you went back now, yeah, you couldn't come back to America, right? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of weird laws. Weird right? laws. Your yeah. country is pretty interesting. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's I mean, it is yeah. It's it's not easy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But just like on a day-to-day, you like how you deal with it is just like finding the, your culture here as much as you can. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Just going to an Indian restaurant sometimes, just eating my food mm-hmm. by myself. I just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking to, I talk to my mom every day. Yeah. And every day she says the same exact thing. <laughs> when are you getting married? I'm like, just leave me a voicemail. Can you? <laughs> you say the exact same words <laughs> every day. <laughs> She'll ask you every day when are you getting she, married? Uh, every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> what do you say? Like, you remember how old are you? <laughs> I was like, I just celebrated my birthday. Yes, ma'am, I do. <laughs> I remember my age. <laughs> but you need to remind me again today. At some point, I feel like I would start. I mean, my mom asks when I'm going to have kids a lot, and I just laugh. Like, at some point, I would just, do you laugh? Of like, wow, you're asking me this again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She doesn't <laughs> care, though. I don't think my mom listens to anything I say. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what you're doing, okay? Tell your boyfriend to marry you right now, okay? <laughs> like, ah, that's not how it works. He has to ask me. I don't think I can tell him. 
The other day she was like, I'm coming in September. Can you tell him to get married? I was like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> September is July right now. Why would you? Why would I get married in September? <laughs> so, yeah, she just says things. Whatever comes to her mind, I guess. Yeah. But just like a mom, just like a mom. Yeah. But she's happy with my growth and with things I do. And, and she's never questioned anything. Hmm. Any of my decisions, except that comedy doesn't pay anything. So <laughs> she, she's like, really, she's really like want to keep doing it? <laughs> How much does it pay today? What did you do? You pasted gas. That's all. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just, she, she can count dollars. She can convert real quick. <laughs> it's like you got poor. $40 last time you got paid $60. Why? Why you didn't do good? <laughs> oh, like, man. I was like, no, that's not how you get paid. I don't, actually, I don't even know how you get paid. <laughs> sometimes I get paid $10 and sometimes 100 So I don't know. <laughs> well, this feels like a good place to kind of, I'm, I'm very curious to hear how you got into comedy, where that came into the picture. Uh, so, yeah. So after, I'm going to say divorce like 7,000 times on this podcast. That's okay. Oh, that's fun. Uh, but after that, I was just find, trying to find what, who am I or what, like, it sounds so cliche, but like, who am I and what do I like to do? Yeah. So I was going on hikes, like, uh, and I didn't, I loved it, but that was not something I wanted to do for my career. But then I learned swimming. I wasn't good at it. I learned ice skating. I just learned whatever. Like, it was not like I'm inclined to this thing. No. <laughs> Anything Google says, or oh, people have hobbies. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I really I learned all this, everything. I used to love going to coffee shops. So I decided to buy a coffee shop. <laughs> I went to interview this this person and she's like i'm gonna hire you tomorrow you're so passionate about coffee <laughs> she's like it's eight dollar an hour i was like um no i, I think i'm gonna give up on this <laughs> she was just like well i've never seen somebody love coffee so much so so yeah so from nowhere i saw this comedy class uh on google <laughs> and i was like i'm gonna try to see what this is wow and how how you make people laugh that's kind of crazy how is that a, like i thought that was just a thing people do it's a sen sense of humor i didn't know uh -huh. a stand-up comedy was a mm -hmm. thing yeah so i just went to this class at third ghost and i loved it and i've never looked back that's really neat isn't she so impressive <laughs> yes i'm impressed very <laughs> much like you have this natural healer in you like mm -hmm. you that's just like fighting like to to heal and live your life for you. Yeah, those words sound good. <laughs> Did I resonate? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I was just trying to really, I, I would read books on how people are so passionate about something, and I'm like, Wait, there has to be something in me that I'm just, I just, if, I, if I'm really bad at it, I would still want to do it. Mm. What is this? Yeah. So I was reading articles and I was just, that was the goal because you're so free. You're not married to an Indian man anymore. <laughs> you have 48 hours suddenly in your day. <laughs> so you're like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this time? <laughs> so, so it's just, you know, you're, you, and yeah, and I was so far away from family. There was nobody around me. I had a lot of friends, but, uh, but I am, I don't, I don't 
share things so easily. My friends were telling me two or three months ago, they're like, finally, you're opening up. Finally, mm-hmm. you tell us things. Mm-hmm. It's like it only took four years. Whatever. <laughs> things, things I'm about vegetarian. What? I'm going to live longer. So that's the plan. <laughs> I got time. I got time. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I was very into finding what I love doing. And uh, it just felt the first time on stage felt uh, not great. I bombed really bad in uh, East Room. And, uh, mm. but it just felt like I want to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah and then i left it for eight months mm-hmm. i was in a relationship and i was like no i want this guy more um and i just didn't do it because i was bombing so much on stage that i was like god <laughs> is this it <laughs> is this this is my passion <laughs> i'm so bad at it two <laughs> percent good at least come on god what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> I want to be good enough to make ten dollars at least. At least. <laughs> so, sure, this is my <laughs> Well, what was it about comedy? Because mm-hmm. you tried some of these other things that, like swimming, didn't work out. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, no. After this relationship, I was in. I didn't do comedy for eight months that yeah. I was with this guy, and I, I don't remember thinking about or ne- not mentioning to him every day. Mm-hmm. I didn't go on stage. He's like, "Why are you talking about comedy all the time? You're not oh, even wow. you're not even a comedian. When where is the last time you would did a mic or did this?" And I was like, "No, but I was. <laughs> People know me." <laughs> and then after I broke up with him, I just uh, that was my fourth. the next day I didn't even cry. The next day I was on stage. Let's so go. that was I was yeah. like, yeah. So yeah. So there are date my dates after that were like, hey. Even if we do whatever, this is never going to end. Okay. Comedy <laughs> is my first thing. This Aww. is what I want to do. Good for you. <laughs> you learn the lesson, man. Yeah. Life yeah. throws at you. You learn the lesson. Yeah. I love something that. Take, something is taken away from you is when you realize their importance, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was just gone from my life and mm-hmm. I just thought about it so much that Aww. I was like... Okay, I'm gonna be bad at it, but I'm gonna keep doing it. No, but you learned to put that first. Yeah. Like yes. Something that you cared about first. And trust me, sometimes it takes people many, many times to learn a lesson. Mm. So I think I think it's beautiful. It sounds like multiple times you've done that. Yeah. Since, yes. It's yeah. like how you operate. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. <laughs> it is. I love it. How have you like how's it been? Because I know your style is more like one liners. Um but you do talk about like you had a joke about your husband that you do sometimes and um, they are personal jokes. So what's it been like? I don't know, stepping into that, sharing those on stage and when they do hit and when they don't, like, how do you feel about that? Just writing about it makes me feel so good. It was a asexual joke I do. I don't think it works that well. But I, it has to be in my set because mm-hmm. it just makes me feel like I said it out loud. Yeah. I don't even care if you're laughing. <laughs> I just, I can't believe I could tell so many people that I was married to an asexual. What the hell is that? Isn't that a joke? <laughs> you think I just became a comedian from nowhere? Who the fuck gets married to somebody who does not like sex? <laughs> I thought people get married to have sex every day. And then I was married to an asexual person. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> You know, so, yeah, so, no, but writing personal, I still haven't gotten to details about it. I still don't know how to make it funny, but I have processed it a lot, so I don't feel like I have to say it 
to feel like less hurt. Like mm-hmm. I think I'm over it. Mm-hmm. To not, I don't. I, bringing it up that, that would not affect me. Mm. Gotcha. You know, so it, I write it because I see people getting personal. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is finding my voice or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm just writing things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but yeah, that little one line that I do, just it does make me feel good. Good. Yeah. Keep doing it then. <laughs> <laughs> and what is it? For, I know you said that like in India, like, um, like men are more like the voice. Yes. Do you feel like... Being a stand-up comic, it's like your voice, your rules. You say what you want. Do you have this like sense of like, fuck yeah, I'm doing something like yeah, different, like empowering. Yeah. I yeah. imagine it feels very empowering. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Comedy can make you feel like, oh shit, mm-hmm. I am the queen, sir, and you people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's True. just like <laughs> it is a very like it. It can keep you humble. Like when you crush, I'm like, oh my god, these people don't even know me. Like, they don't know anything about me. I'm from a different country. And they, they could laugh. They could relate to me mm-hmm. and understand. Uh, so it, it was just, yeah, it could make you feel so good. But comedy is also, um, there are so many men that it's still mm-hmm. a struggle. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just I never think of it as, like, not equal anymore. So mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. That I feel if if the, if I was doing the same thing before I realized the difference, it would have been so much different. Yeah. I just had something come up as you were describing that. I imagine being on stage and sharing parts yourself or and just hearing people laugh, not to sound cheesy, but it's so universal that I don't know if the feedback from laughter is like they get me if you like share something. Yeah. But if you spent a lot of time feeling very alone and isolated that I would imagine being on stage and hearing someone laugh at something when you shared and for the purpose of trying to create laughter and feeling connected in that way. Yeah. That even when maybe you went home and were alone, but that can feel very connecting. I think I would imagine. Do you think comedy on stage feels connected? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. I, you know what? It's kind of surprising because it's kind of like, you know, when you do your set and then someone comes up after and is like, hey, that joke about and then specifically says a joke. And you're like, I said that, <laughs> you know, and in that moment, I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. like, um, like I recently had this girl come up to me crying after a set and was like, I have a one tiny little joke about being a bisexual woman with a man. And she's just sobbing and she's like. Like my family, we're not allowed to say those things, but it was just Mm. so cool that you were able to say that. And I'm like, you got that from like, that joke's like four words or five words, you know, Mm. like, and so those are the moments where I'm like, wow, this Mm -hmm. is really making, it's not just up there performing, like people are really listening and connecting. And I think that's why we like the celebrities we do, Mm -hmm. you know? So I do think it's connecting. I think even the way you like, you dance on stage and the things that you say, you do say things that people can't or want or don't say. And, but it's very permission giving. Yeah. That's yeah. I've heard that before. I, I feel like I'm not saying anything crazy, but I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, wouldn't, would you say the, the microphone being on stage, it gives you some permission to say some things that 
people can't say, especially when you when it's layered with the humor. Yeah, right? yeah. Because you don't be like, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So yeah. many people say so many things in America and just add just kidding. I'm like, excuse me, sir, you just hurt me. And you yeah. said just kidding. <laughs> Not only on stage in real life, too. People love using this JK or whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and LOL, my God, uh, half of the text of that. But but microphone does, makes it. And yeah, the first time I did comedy, it was just like, oh shit, I have opinions and I can say it out loud. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this forever. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Uh-huh. You know? So yeah. it's. But I never write, I don't know if that's a good answer, but like I never write to give a message mm-hmm. or like to tell my story. I really write just just to master this thing and see how I can keep learning this art form that I really like. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Like there are, I know there are a lot of people who are like, you know, my goal is to make people laugh and like connect mm. with the world. And the, I think it is a job. <laughs> I think it is a job. And yeah. You just have to be really good at your job. And yeah, it makes... It makes people's day. There was a lady I met. She was she was celebrating her birthday at a comedy show. I mean, she said that's the, her best birthday. I'm like, I made you <laughs> laugh. That's like, you know, mm-hmm. it just made me feel like, okay, wow, that's great. Like, I, I did a show at a rehab once. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I made those people laugh and they were all coming out and being like, thank you so much. We needed this. Mm-hmm. I mean, then I went home and I Googled about it and I was like, oh, hell yeah, they needed it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you were in rehab and didn't know. I just it got a show. It was a well paid show. I was like, I don't even care where I am. But I showed up and they were into it. They were like, because mm-hmm. I don't think there's much entertainment at a rehab center. <laughs> so they were into it and i just uh they couldn't let me record the set so that was kind of sad but that but that place just that was if i had to choose a favorite my favorite uh, ever set Mm. was that set Mm because it just made me feel like i I made somebody's day Mm -hmm. so i'm not doing it to do that but if it happens, it makes me feel happier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's. I think there's something so, like, I'm listening to you, like, spiritual in comedy that we don't really realize. Because, like, like a nurse, you know, they, they'll have a calling and they'll be like, I am physically giving back to people or a teacher, you know, or yeah. I don't know. Like, it's still a calling. But with comedy, I feel like it's so solo. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm doing this because it's in my heart and I just want to, like, perform. I just want to perform and get up there. But by way of doing that, yeah, you're like healing people. Mm-hmm. I think that's it's really dope that I don't really think about that <laughs> until someone comes up and is until like, some, "I really yeah. needed that." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's fulfilling it in some ways, but like, I just don't see it. Like, I don't operate like that. Like, I I, I hear comedy podcasts a lot, and it's just like, oh, my God, this is what I want to do all my life, and I want to connect with people. I'm like, no, I'm not social. I don't want to <laughs> connect with people. I want to do my art and, like, hopefully make you laugh, and, you know, you go home and think about a joke and go mm-hmm. to sleep, and I'm like, this dumb bitch. She was stupid, <laughs> but I love her, you know. <laughs> 
It's just, yeah, I think my goal in comedy is actually being silly on stage. Mm. There are so many comedians in Nashville that are, you know, they're still <laughs> at open mics, but I just love them because they're silly on stage. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't think I'm silly. I'm very like, I'm a nerd. I'm Indian. What do you think? <laughs> it's not going to be that easy for me. <laughs> I take this as a job. Who am I? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I make comedy a job. Wow. <laughs> but again, I've seen you be silly. I've seen you do jokes where you're like, I'm just going to do this act out. Just like mm-hmm. your personality of like, I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. See yeah. what happens. Yeah. It's going to take time, but I'm really like trying really hard to be stupid, mm-hmm. you know? We're not taught to be stupid. Like Indian mm-hmm. people are smart, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, call me stupid, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like, don't call me smart. I know I am, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's just being stupid and silly. That's never, we're not taught that. We're just mm-hmm. taught to always be like, bills responsible mm-hmm. and this and that. So, you know, I hear stories about people having credit card debt. I'm like, how do you have credit card debt? Credit card is a debt. <laughs> Why do you have a debt on a debt? <laughs> so it just makes me like, I pay water bill on time. I'm like, who am I? Why am I not behind on, like anything? Like, I'm so responsible. I think comedians are more like, you know what I mean? I don't like, know. What I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm not that. But, but I will be someday. Yes. Silly on stage. That's my goal. <laughs> I to love be that. silly i like that's a good goal for everybody <laughs> so um more silly what is something that you do for yourself in your everyday life that you're like oh i can't wait to do this and just get like this is my me thing oh i love doing nothing oh <laughs> have you done nothing <laughs> wait that's just like favorite. staring at a wall <laughs> yes just let your thoughts just be like we're tired and i'm gonna we're stop tired. now I sit on the front and porch then, exactly and just, just, yeah yeah, just doing nothing is my favorite thing in the world. I don't I even excited. watch TV. Yeah, yeah, I get excited when there's nothing on my schedule. Oh. Like if I'm here and there's nothing going on for the weekend, I'm like, I'm going to do a lot of nothing all yeah. weekend. And that sounds fun. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think I, in, like I really, I think it's, I think it's pursuing this comedy thing. It just always has to have another job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, they're people who are fortunate like who can do it and you know so but right now i'm not there so just two jobs so just doing nothing is 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 a dream yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes not having yeah, anything on your schedule you. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and uh yeah that's i love it. that yeah uh so where unless you have any other questions melanie where can people find you and stalk you and follow you and send you money Oh, you send me money. I yeah. just heard that. <laughs> Job number three. <laughs> Job number three. Uh, I send me money on Venmo, please, uh, at Ritu Dash Tirthani. And uh, I'll start with that. That's T. And, you want to spell uh, that for the listeners? Um, Your T- name? Ritu, R I T U Dash D I R T H A N I. I think people have zoned out. No, no, you're, they're here. They're, <laughs> they're here. here. They're getting their wallets out. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Instagram at Ritu Comedy. If you can please follow me so I can have 10,000 plus followers and then, then I could do comedy full time. Okay, that is how this business works, people. <laughs> Got it. 
Okay. That's First. how it works, right? That's how it works. Amber does comedy full time. Okay. <laughs> That's how it works. Social media, 100,000 plus views. You got it. Okay. <laughs> giving secrets out. Shit. Like Everybody's going to be a full time comedian now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming and doing this read. I know. This Thank was you. fun. I was nervous for no reason. I, yeah. That's normally what other what people what they say. say. <laughs> this was fun. This oh, the dog's looking you now. And that was not fun, but <laughs> <laughs> you're awesome and I really appreciate you. Guys you guys were thanks awesome. For Thank you so yeah, much for having for me. This is such a cool setup. You should mm-hmm. see her place. It's so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to I'm Fine, It's Fine podcast. I am trauma therapist Melanie Reese, and you can find me across all platforms at Trauma Therapy Nashville. My name is Amber Autry. I am a comedian here in Nashville and internationally touring. You can find me on all platforms at Amber Autry Comedy. And while you're at it, make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, reviewing this podcast. I know that sounds like a lot, but it helps so much. And we're, we're having a good time. Mm-hmm. We're healing. <laughs> it feels good. Mm-hmm. So just like, just a little extra sauce, sharing it with a friend, rate and review it. It really helps and we appreciate it. Yeah. And if you have a topic or um, conversation that you want to hear us talk about or a story you'd like to share on your own, shoot us an email at I'm fine sometimes at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening.